Hey everyone, today we are in Proverbs chapter 21 and we'll be looking at verse number 9, which says, It is better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. And you know, like today's text indicates, some things are just better than others in the world. I mean, eating wholesome food is better than eating junk food. Being active is better than being a couch potato. Maybe you've heard the saying, better late than never. You know, that may not be true in every case. I don't know, maybe never is better. If it came to something like jail time or uh, your own hanging, yeah, I don't even want to be late for that. I want it to never happen. Anyway, all these better than type statements, they have a context to them. And we must be careful not to interpret them to our own likings, especially those of in God's Word. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 is another example of better than statements. It has a number of them. They're kind of like Proverbs. And let me just read a, a couple from this chapter and, and notice how each has a context. And if interpreted wrongly, they send a bad message. Then we'll come back to today's verse. Ecclesiastes 7.1, a good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of birth. So notice how someone who, I don't know, was suicidal might read this wrongly. Sorrow is better than laughter. This is verse 3. For by sadness of face the heart is made glad. So all these have context to them. And it must be addressed in order to understand them. So, to find the context, we might ask questions about the statement, like um, how and why, in what ways is something better than another? And with today's verse, for example, what is the context? Or how is it better to live in an attic than with a quarrelsome woman? And maybe ask the question, what does Solomon want his sons to do if they're ever in this situation. So if I remember correctly, uh, a pastor told me once that he counseled someone for marriage and the man used this verse to support him getting a divorce. Is Solomon advocating divorce here? No. So there must be some context to it, right? Well, let's look at Proverbs 17.1. Better is a dry morsel with quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. So, what's the context of this one? If your house is full of strife, does God want you to leave your spouse and your children and go somewhere quiet and eat dry breadcrumbs? Of course not. Although that would be better in some way, God wants us to go for the greater context, for the better way, and that is to work toward having a home where your family can dwell together in unity and love and in peace. That's the message of that verse. And it's the same with today's verse. Solomon is not saying that we should divorce if we have a quarrelsome wife. So when a, a spouse is dissenting and being contentious, um, we would rather be somewhere else, right? And the truth is that until there is a softening of hearts, maybe in our own and maybe in our spouse, until the doors begin to 
to crack a bit so that light can be seen through and, and begin to open, there are just times when it's better to leave the room or to take a walk or even to sleep in the guest room upstairs or in the attic or in the garage. But, but Solomon does not tell us to give up. And still, we cannot let the problem lie dormant for very long. Just as we must address sin in our own life and not let it fester, we must address it in the lives. We must address it in our own homes, but we must do it with love. It's imperative that we do it in love and with the right heart. So when there's not peace in the home, there are issues that must be resolved and we know that divorce is not God's plan for us. Even when there's much difficulty, even when sin is present, which there always is on both sides, divorce is not the first, it's not the second, and it's probably way down the line as far as options go for us. I'm still, as a last resort, and realizing that it takes both parties in agreement to stay together at times it may be necessary, but we are called to work for the good of our spouse and for our family and to glorify God and not towards our own self-centeredness. Consider that even for yourself to stay in a difficult marriage, even with difficult children, all this, it may be one of the greatest gifts that you will ever receive. Some of the great preachers of old have had difficult marriages and difficult families. But this kind of strife can drive us to our knees. It can draw us closer to God than we've ever been. It can lead us to love His Word more than we ever have before. It can point us to the greatest peace and satisfaction and joy that we've ever known in the Lord. It can help us to rest in God for who He is. And it can help us to love our family even better. And falling out of love is not an acceptable reason for divorce. You know, although there are different kinds of love, they all have intentionality associated with them. We all choose to love others. We can choose to love someone as a friend, even if they don't think of us that way. You could choose to love someone like your own child, or you could choose to disown them, as many people have. Last year, I took a trip to India where there are 1.35 billion people. That's one out of six people in the world live there. I learned that divorce was scarce in their country. Not only that, but most marriages are still arranged by parents of both sets of spouses. And many times the two who will be married have never met at all. And yet they choose to love one another. They choose to work out their issues and have families and stay together. So no, I'm not saying everything is good in these people's lives. I mean, they're broken by sin like we all are. But most of them have not even heard of the, the good news that Jesus is for their brokenness. Most are Hindu, many are Muslim. I'm just saying that, that if they can abide together with marital love one for another, how much more so if even one of the spouses know the Lord in America? Don't let Satan tell you who you can and cannot love. We choose to love. 
Don't agree with Satan when he tells you to give up on your marriage. God's word even tells us to love our enemies. And that need not be your spouse. Work towards righteousness and peace. For more reading on this, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 is really good. It sheds some light on discernment in these things. Father God, thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for the beautiful picture of marriage. How it's a picture of of Christ and the church. Uh, how the Father chose us before the foundation of the world to be a bride for his son. And yet we were broken in sin. But Jesus did not give up on us. But rather, he went to the cross and paid was paid the wages of our sin to make us holy with his righteousness and a beautiful bride for Christ. And Lord, you gave us the institution of marriage and it's for our good and for your glory. And Lord, you hate divorce. So please strengthen us in our marriages, strengthen our love, help us to choose to love and help us to walk in your spirit within our marriages and in our families, Lord, so that we might grow in you and see you as the greatest treasure in the universe. In Jesus' name, amen.